1: Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today we're going to continue our tour of the periodic table. In part one, we talked about the periodic table and how each block of element in the table contains information such as the atomic number, chemical symbol, and atomic weight of each element. I also mentioned that these blocks of elemental information are arranged in columns called groups and rows called periods. Today we're going to talk about the groups or columns that each element belongs to and what we can learn from that. Before we get to that, I want to thank this week's sponsor, Lynda.com, a leading online learning company that helps you learn software, business, and creative skills. It's a great site. If you ever felt like you needed to learn a little bit more about Photoshop, Excel, Maya 3D, any kind of software tool that you can imagine that has to do with creative or business endeavors, there are probably tutorials for it on Lynda.com. And these aren't just text tutorials. These are online video tutorials developed by experts with real-world experience. There are over 77,000 tutorials that lynda.com has. And they range from bite-sized tutorials to comprehensive courses in business, social media, web design, photography, and even public management. You can learn on the go with the lynda.com optimized mobile site or the free iPhone and iPad app. You can try it free for seven days. Visit lynda.com lyndacom every day for your free trial. So let's look at these columns in detail. These days, each column in the periodic table is numbered from 1 to 18. There used to be a couple of other popular labeling methods, but they were a little confusing and they're gradually being faded from use. So we'll ignore them in the hopes that we can contribute to their timely demise. The elements within each group tend to share similar physical and chemical properties the latter of which is most heavily influenced by the fact that they have the same number of valence electrons. If you don't remember what a valence electron is, go listen to my episode on atomic bonds for more information. It would take a lot more time than any of us want to spend today to explain the qualities of every elemental group, so today we're just going to hit a few of the exciting ones. The first group of elements, group 1, usually called the alkali earth metals, lives in the first column of the periodic table. The group consists of lithium, sodium, potassium, and a few other ums. These metals tend to be soft and shiny, and they also react strongly with water, where the meaning of react strongly can range from causing extreme aquatic turbulence to causing a powerful explosion. The second group of elements, the alkaline earth metals, consist of silvery white metals such as beryllium, calcium, barium, radium, and a few others. While they share some physical and chemical properties, the applications of these elements are rather diverse resulting in such things as emeralds from beryllium, Flintstones vitamins from calcium, green fireworks from barium, and glow-in-the-dark watch hands from radium. But in case you are wondering, watchmakers stopped using radium and glow-in-the-dark paint once someone realized that having a radioactive watch wasn't the best idea for our health. Who knew? The next group we'll look at today is the 17th group in the periodic table, usually called the halogen group. This group consists of fluorine, chlorine, bromine, iodine, and a couple of other ions. Halogens tend to be extremely reactive elements, making them particularly dangerous to humans. Fluorine, for example, is highly toxic in even very small amounts. However, the high reactivity also gives them some very useful properties. Fluorine is used to make Teflon. Chlorine is an important sterilization agent and is also used to make bleach. Many plastics are also made from elements in the halogen group. And you probably won't be surprised to learn that halogen light bulbs are made using halogens. The final elemental group we'll discuss today is the noble gas group. The noble gas group consists of a very useful set of well-known elements. Helium, neon, argon, krypton, not the planet, neon, as well as the considerably less useful radon. All of these aristocratic elements are colorless, odorless gases at room temperature. Since these elements have a full shell of valence electrons... They have the handy property of typically not reacting with anything. Most people are familiar with noble gases through their use in neon lights, though not all lights that we call neon lights actually use neon. Some use other noble gases to achieve different colors. Aside from its lighting capabilities, helium is also widely used to inflate balloons, both the kind you get at birthday parties and the kind used to lift weather instruments and world record-breaking skydivers into the stratosphere. Now one odd bit about the way the elements are grouped together is where hydrogen sits. Hydrogen is in group 1, but doesn't really share the same properties as the group 1 elements. The main reason it's there is that like all the other group 1 elements, it has a single electron in its valence shell. Some people believe it belongs in group 17 with the halogens, as it shares some properties with those elements. Also, since hydrogen's valence shell can only hold two electrons, you could think of it as missing one electron for a full shell, which is the same situation the halogens are in unfortunately it doesn't precisely match up with the halogens either so it's a bit of an elemental outcast that's all we have time to cover today thanks again to our sponsor lynda.com where you can learn software business and creative skills to achieve personal and professional goals you can try lynda.com free for seven days by visiting lynda.com slash everyday. if you've got a favorite elemental group that we didn't cover today leave a note in the comments with the details or post it on everyday einstein's facebook page If you liked today's episode, you can subscribe to the Everyday Einstein podcast in iTunes or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash qdteinstein. Until next time, I'm your host, Lee Phelan, with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for making sense of science.